Futsal community, welcome to Futsal and Proud podcast number one. Uh, our Futsal and Proud was launched early in the year by the founder of Futsal folks, Stephen McGiddigan. But due to developments happening behind the scenes, the show had to be suspended. However, we're del delighted to be launched again, but this time with myself, Andre Carno, on social media as the doctor, as the new host of the show. We have a great list of guests for you to watch, listen, enjoy, and learn from. Guests as such as Marco Sorato, Gabriel Lima, uh, Marquinhos Xavier and many more. It, it is with a great pleasure that I introduce to you all our very first guest, Luizinho Cruz. Luizinho, thanks for accepting the invitation to, to come to the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for the invitation, of course. And um, I'm really honored to be part of this project. And I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Um, it's going to be really fun to talk about myself and what I think about futsal and Uh, everything related to my career and my club and the national team here in Kazakhstan. And let's enjoy it. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Luizinho. Uh, for the ones that don't know yet, uh, Luizinho Cruz is the goalkeeper coach from Karat Futsal Club and Kazakhstan national team. Multiple times Kazakhstan National League champions, UEFA Futsal Championship champion, and recently finished fourth position in the FIFA Futsal World Cup. Uh, also goalkeeper coach of the world's best goalkeeper, Leo Igita. Uh, Luizinho, before we, we, we want to hear about your, your career, we want to hear about uh, how he's working with Larry Guita, but before anything, I want to know about Luizinho, who, is, who Luizinho is, where were you born and where you grew up? Well, uh, I'm Brazilian, as everybody knows, uh, I born in the city of San Gonzalo in the Rio de Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro state. San Gonzalo. Yeah, San Gonzalo, yes, like my friend and your friend, Rafael Fogagero. I was about to say, yeah. Yes, <laughs> and uh, I was born there and born and raised. And for a long time, I lived also in Niterói, a city, also another city behind Rio de Janeiro. And yeah. uh, futsal is something that I do for a living since I was a kid. I, I, I always played futsal all my life. And when I grew up, I, I decided to do the, the physical education Uh, degree and the university and mm -hmm. sports my life is about all about sports doing sports and especially futsal it's always been that way uh Luizinho, yeah. you, you say about Rafael Fogagiro is also from San Gonzalo is there anyone else uh from the futsal people from San Gonzalo as well that we would know yes a lot of people <laughs> uh I just uh there's a lot of friends from from Brazil and that do uh, living used to live in, in uh, grew, grew up in San Gonzalo. There's another, uh, one very uh, known player here, uh, Sinesio, from uh, a team that plays against us. He's from my, my city. Uh, and also, who else? He's playing here against us in Atirao Club, uh, Kazakhstan club here. He used to play in Joinville, uh, Atlantico, Jereshini. Yeah. And besides him, there's a lot of players. In, that used to play in Brazil. But currently we don't have much, much uh, players from Rio de Janeiro due to, the, to, to our championship not being professional he, uh, these days in Rio. Mm -hmm. So we don't have much players growing and playing the main, main clubs in Brazil. Yeah. All right. So growing up, uh, do you play futsal? Do you play soccer? What, what do you play? I always played futsal. All the time. When I was a kid, I used to play. Uh, I used to play 
this uh, indoor indoor football. I don't mm -hmm. know how you guys say in English. Uh, in, in Brazil, you say uh, the, the the synthetic grass. You know. Yeah. I used it's to play, a, a seven against seven, seven aside. Yes, yes, seven aside. Yeah. Yes. So usually we say seven aside uh, on, on turf. Turf is the synthetic grass. Turf, yes. But beside that, just like an year when I was a kid, and most of the time since I was like six years old, I used to play futsal in my school, and I I play on on in my school, and then on the second school for a long time, uh, playing championships between schools and being champion, and that's what I did. Usual, and, um, usual. And were you? What, what position were you as a player? I was always a goalkeeper. You know, my my dad was a goalkeeper, and oh, really? he had a chance to be professional, but he decided to be a priest. And after that, priest. he decided not to be a priest and be a uh, a teacher, to to go to the university. <laughs> he changed his mind a lot of times, and and that's why I'm here. And yeah. I. I got the, the genetics of him and not only me, but uh, two of my brothers uh, used to be goalkeepers as well, like me. But I, 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 I did the path of the sports. The mm -hmm. others did other paths in his careers. Now, very good, very good. Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting to see that you came from your family. Um, in Brazil, we say that goalkeepers have to be crazy. Were you guys all crazy as well? Yes, for sure. You have to be crazy to, to put your head in front of the ball all the time. So this is the main thing, you know what I mean? Ah, for <laughs> sure. Very good reaction. <laughs> uh, Luizinho, just quickly, as a playing career, we know that you're famous for being a, one of the best goalkeeper coaches in the world, but how was your playing career? Can you give us a quickly uh, playing ca career history? Yes, uh, as I, I told you, uh, I didn't play too much, especially because in my city uh, on that time, on the 90s, we don't have much of professional teams, you know, uh, uh, clubs with uh, grassroots categories playing the state championship. We don't have much teams doing that. And it was really hard to, used to be really hard to, to have a chance. So currently you have more, more teams in my city and Niteroi playing the, the state championships. But on, in the 90s, we don't have much of that. And so because of that, I used to play only uh, school championships and between schools, uh, beside that, I just had a chance to to play in, uh, professional, not professionally, but in a club when I was uh, 17 on Tucson in 96. Yes. And then my, my last year of under 20 or something like this, mm -hmm. under, under 19 or under 20. And then on my first year as a professional, I played for Clube Portuguese in Iterói. And just that, about that time, I was... Uh, working in Vasco da Gama as an intern, uh, about to finish the, the university. And I decided to just uh, keep my focus on the, on the university. I just played one year and that's all. I, I concentrated my efforts on the, on the career after that. Mm -hmm. I just like played two years of futsal in, the, in, a, in a higher level. Yeah. So you couldn't, you think that you, you didn't want to keep on pushing to be a professional goalkeeper? No, no, because, uh, you know, when we are about to finish the, the university, you have to work, you have to, to make decisions on your life, what you're going to do for a living. Mm -hmm. And I was really 
I, uh, I was really excited to, to be part of a, of a team. I was working in a, in a club like Vasco da Gama and had a chance to learn with such a players like Alexandre Feller, uh, Tafarel, uh, huge goalkeepers, very yeah. known goalkeepers. And I, I was, that's what I was, I, I wanted for my, for a living, you know, I really wanted that. And I want, I wouldn't, uh, I didn't want to miss the, that opportunity, mm -hmm. you know, that's why. And of course the, the futsal wasn't professional about that time. And, uh, I didn't want to waste my time doing that just for fun, you know? Yeah, no, that's understandable. Uh, working with, uh, I know you say Alexandre, but Tafarel is the one that is the big name, in my opinion. He won the, for the World Cup for Brazil in 1994. He's the current goalkeeper coach for the national team for many years. Huh? How was no, uh, it's not Tafarel. No, it's not Tafarel from the, the, the football. Ah, it's, it's Futsal the football. Tafarel. He used to play for the national team also. Ah, did he as well? Uh, yes, the, the U23, uh, he played tournaments for the, for the, the national team, but... He was the, the other Tafarel. He oh, okay. from Rio. Uh, people from futsal in Brazil knows him, but he's not playing currently. Of course, he, he he's retired. But besides him, I had a chance to work with a lot of other very known goalkeepers in Rio and Brazil. I had a chance to work uh, right after. Um, I'm going to talk about that. Uh, Serginho, one of the best goalkeepers ever. I had a yeah. chance to work with when he was already 40. 40 years old, and I had a chance to to learn for a season with him, working with him. So uh, I'm really honored to be to be part of the career of so many good goalkeepers, you know, like Feather, like Sergio, like Igita, like uh, many other goalkeepers. Mm -hmm. I was about to ask you that is uh, in the early 2000s when you decided to stop playing and start coaching. Uh, how did you go? The, how did you get the experience to start goalkeeping coaching? If it was from uh, studying the game or working with some good goalkeepers. How did you learn about goalkeeper coaching at that time? Well, uh, just a, a quick uh, quick reminder about the, the, the previous question. I, I, I had a chance to work, to play futsal also in the university level. So I yeah. played a couple of tournaments with the, my university, the uh, Federal University from Rio de Janeiro. And just that, that's what I did. I, I was also a goalkeeper. My, my first experience as a goalkeeper coach, I was a goalkeeper coach from the, the, the women team of the, of the university also and playing for, mm -hmm. the, for the men's team. I, we had a chance to play a couple of tournaments. But beside that, well, about your ask, on the early 20s, uh, 2000 years, I think we don't have much of uh, uh, those kind of courses and lectures to learn mm -hmm. uh, with futsal. It's all about the daily basis learning on the interns and also with the goalkeepers. I learned a lot with my uh, when I was interned from uh, in Vasco da Gama, especially because I had a chance to work with two or three different goalkeeper coaches. The first one was Fred Antunes, the very known the Brazilian national team uh, goalkeeper coach. He was my first teacher and. Also, the goalkeepers, and you know, when I started as a goalkeeper coach, uh, I didn't know how to. My my shooting, my shooting was really awful, <laughs> and I had to learn also to to do better. You know, uh, we're still in learn. We have to keep working. If we stop working, uh, I I I don't I use it. Maybe 
because I, how can I say? Uh, I don't know if it's because I, I'm an awful player, I decided to be a goalkeeper, I don't know. But as far as I remember, I used to, to play in the goal all the time. Yeah. Because it's something that I, I realized that I do better than play with the guys. So everybody, we have a, a friendly match or a friendly play with, with friends I like to play. But even goal. as a goalkeeper, you didn't use to use your feet that much or you, you were not no, comfortable because, with your you feet? You know, about that time, uh, the rule was different, you know. Uh, about that time, the rule was different. So uh, we didn't have more uh, good chances to play with the foot, you know. Yeah. So... It's something that I have to learn with time. Also, especially when I became a goalkeeper coach. Is that, uh, we're going to talk about Leo Iguita later, later on in the show, but is that because you were not an amazing player with your feet that you wanted to make him the best player with, their, with his feet? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's funny because I never realized that, you know, but it's something that we have to, it, it's part of the job, you know. Uh, some of this comes from, he, his talent, you know, yeah. uh, the mindset, the tell, the decision-making process in his brain, and of course, uh, it is it's not only about that. You need to improve their skills, the skills. Yeah. But it's something that he always did since the beginning when he was uh, really young. He was really crazy, and that that's the reason of the of the nickname, you know, because he was really crazy uh, on the time that you no know, uh, is not too much, not not much allowed that like usually like these days he used to to get the ball and dribble all the time <laughs> on the field because he used to play football as well so it's something that came in his nickname as well do you know if uh, if he ever tried to actually become a, a, an outfield player or he always stayed in goals i don't remember i guess he was a goalkeeper since the beginning of his career yeah but uh, he used to to play with his foot, even if he's not allowed it. When he was not allowed it, he get the ball and start dribbling, dribble all the time. That's funny that this uh this uh, rebel rebellion thing, this freedom that he had, made him the player that he yeah. is. Uh, uh, Luizinho, do you think that it's important for uh, coaches to have had the experience as players before start coaching? Well, uh, I don't think it's the main thing, but if you have a chance. It's important, you know, because, uh, of course, being in the pitch, it's something that will give you much more experience to understand the players, to understand the, the atmosphere and all the related things to the, with the sport. But it's not the main thing. I think the main thing is the knowledge, you know. You, I, don't, I don't think you, you can become a goalkeeper coach or other uh, staff, coaching staff position just with the your playing experience of course it's good if you had a chance it's good but it's not the main thing the main thing is the knowledge the way you learn with license courses and university especially yeah. if you had a chance to to have a degree because you're working with players with high performance high level performance players so you need to understand how it works not only as a, uh, a physical trainer but as a goalkeeper coach because you're working with the 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 physical uh, qualities of the player so in order to improve his speed his strength his power you need to know what you're doing you know in the right time yeah. the right quantity of and uh, exercises so 
I think the most important thing is the knowledge, not only the, the knowledge of the, of, the, of the sport, not only uh, it comes with the playing experience, of course, but it's not only that, you know. Understand, understand. And just before we move on, uh, if you could change anything from your, from your early stages, from your playing career as a young kid or from uh, when you first started uh, coaching, would you change anything? Would you do something different? No, uh, I think I was a very uh, lucky guy, you know, in my career because I started to work. Uh, usually people uh, start working with kids and then keep going, growing and going up and up in his career. But I already started since the, 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 first, the, the first time working with uh, professionals. You know, mm -hmm. I started in Vasco da Gama and then in the year, the second 2002 I worked with the U20 of Vasco da Gama. And then in 2003, I had a chance to start a project in Macaé with Macaé Futsal. And I had a, a very huge opportunity to work the National League in Brazil. And right on the beginning of my career, working with professionals and had all the uh, support of the, the main coach, Sabio yeah. Bagini. So I, I'm really... Um, I consider myself really, really lucky to having this chance. Most of these 20 years of career, I work with professionals. So I, I, I wouldn't change anything. Maybe Understand. if I had a chance to play, uh, play futsal in some kind of clubs when I was a kid would be better, you know, because uh, I think I was a good goalkeeper <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. So do you think you could have made it as a professional player eventually? Maybe, yes, if I had a chance to work on the earliest earlier stages uh, when I was a kid, you know, not not uh, I just started late with mm -hmm. 17 years old. But if I had a chance to work maybe with 12, 10 years old in a club, I think I would have a chance to to be a, a goalkeeper in the future. But I'm, I, I never thought about that in this way. I think I'm, I just think about how lucky I was, you know, in my career. Yeah, we have to be just grateful. Uh, Luizinho, so in the early 2000s, you changed to coaching. Uh, can you give us a, a, a timeline of your coaching career from when you started coaching at Vasco da Gama to your first time um, working in Kazakhstan for the national team and for Karat? Yes, uh, as I told you, I started in 2001 in Vasco da Gama. Uh, as an intern, and then in 2002, I started as the main goalkeeper coach of the U20 in Vasco. Uh, when I was about to start in 2003 with the grassroots categories in Vasco da Gama, I had this opportunity to start this project in, in Macaé with Macaé, Macaé Sports Futsal with coach Savio Badini. Um, and then we, we, was there, uh, we were there working and uh, for, how can I, four years, I guess, 2003, 2004, five, six. In 2006, I, I returned to Rio and worked in Tucson with Rafael, with many other coaches, very known coaches in Rio, with uh, U6, U17. And Sorry, U at that time, was Rafa uh, coach or playing for Tucson? Coaching. He was, he used to be a physical trainer of Tucson. Mm -hmm. In the, just like six months. And then I returned to Macaé for a year. But in the middle of 2007, I switched clubs with Cabo Frio Futsal. 
And then that was my first chance to work with Levi Gita. He was the second year as a professional. Mm -hmm. He was really, really young and already the, the number one in Cabo Frio. So that was the first time that we started to, to collect championships. 2007, together. he would be around 20, 22 year olds. 21, I guess. 21. He's from 86, 86, yes. Something like this. And uh, it was the first time. And then we started in Cabo Frio for two years working together and being championship uh, state champions for twice state champions playing the National League. And he was already doing uh, the flying goalkeeper very well and getting attention of everybody. Uh, when we the, the project finishes in 2009, I returned to Rio and decided to start uh, to work with football for the first time, you know, like mm -hmm. eight years since my degree, uh, the university uh, conclusion, I decided to start uh, with football. And then we, we've been working futsal for three years, 2009 to 12, 2012 in Artsu, grassroots categories in Rio. And I was really, really confident to keep working. Rafael, about that time, was working in, in Saudi Arabia and yeah. invited me to, to join him. I was almost, I, I almost went there, but uh, didn't, uh, didn't happen. But uh, in 2012, Professor Fernando Malafaia co uh, invited me to, to join Botafogo. And then I decided to return to futsal for a year. We've had this awesome season being like fifth player a fifth position in the in the in the national league we did a very good job in that time i returned to football one more time in 2013 yes uh, and then in 2014 i had a chance to be to to go to kairati gita invited me for the second time to work with him mm -hmm. and uh, i went to kairat for the first time in kazakhstan national team and we had a chance to win all the trophies on that year, world champions, club champions, and uh, UEFA champions, and all those championships uh, we collected in that year. Who, who was the coach at uh, Karachi the, on that year? Kakao. Yes, Kakao. Kakao. Uh -huh. Kakao was the coach for a long time in Kairat. And I had a chance to work just one year over there, and uh, over there, here. I'm here again. Yeah. And then I moved to, uh, to Kuwait on the second, uh, 2016. It was a really interesting opportunity to work in the Middle East for the first time for the culture and all these related things to work in a country like this. But it was really interesting. I'm, 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 I'm really grateful to, to, for that opportunity. And then in 2016, after one season in, in Kuwait, due to many... Issues. So let's just talk about just headed. let's just stop there for yes. a second. Uh, what were some uh, of the coach uh, habits that they had that you felt very hard to work with, or something that was wasn't easy for you guys? Behave of coaches. Now behave of the players. Some of the cultural, uh, for example, last year when, when I was in Dubai, the players were not professional players. They were professional, yes. but they had other jobs as well. Yes, yes. This is the main thing. Yeah, I now I, I got your I got your question. This is the main thing. The just due to the not being professionals, this system, especially I came from a club like Kairat, uh, the, the highest level in the world, and then I 
I have this culture uh, shock with the with the players, and of course, I I the, the player that our main coach over there was Paulinho Gambier, and he used to work in in Kuwait for a long time. Uh -huh. Used to play in Kuwait for to work in Kuwait for like three years before me, and he gave me all the the information that I needed to start and to be patient with all the situations that I I would face as a, I was a goalkeeper coach and a strength and conditioning coach. I was two two positions yeah. about that time, so I had to deal with all the players, but. I, I learned a lot with them about that religion and the faith that they have. And I really respect that. I understand that now was in the beginning was really different from the what yeah. we face around the world. And, but uh, uh, it's something that didn't bother me. But the, the main thing that bothers me, it's the they are not being professionals. You know, it's not because of them as persons, but it's because of the system. They have to. They they have to work. They have to do other things. They can't. I guess they can't be professionals as yeah. if they leave the country. Unless they leave the country to work somewhere else, they can be professionals. But in the country, they can't be uh, professionals in sport. So this is the main thing. Not only in Kuwait, I guess, in most of the Arabian countries. Yeah, futsal is growing a lot in the Middle East. Uh, but um, even last year when I was there, I, I hear, I heard all the coaches talking that it was very not professional, very amateur a few years earlier. Uh, and we're going to have on the podcast, we're going to have Marcos Sorato. Marcos, he's working in UAE, he's working in Kuwait. So I look forward to listening to yes. Marcos, his opinion yes, as definitely. well. We have much more, much more experience to talk about that. But, you know, uh, everything I, I experienced, I guess everybody had experienced it so it's something that everybody will talk in the same in the same way you know but hopefully uh, uh they keep they keep on improving getting more professional as well yes, I, we hear yes, that the yes. clubs that they the clubs that are more professional they're getting the results now so hopefully the other clubs are starting to copy and and follow the right things to do yes Crazy for sure I, I agree with you from uh from that year what what happened between that time and the in this your second time in Kazakhstan after Kuwait, I had a chance to to go to US and visit a sports club from a friend, and uh, he made me an invitation to be part of the club, and we applied the visa to for that. And it's very tricky this kind of uh, application in US, but we did, considering that I had a by that time I already have a very good resume for that, and. Uh, I started to live in U.S. and it was really interesting, the culture and all the, these things related to the Brazilians and the Brazilian community over there. Yeah. Uh, I was very confident in, to, to keep working there for a long time. But uh, then I had a chance, but this invitation from Kairat Karat was changing the main coach. After a long time, Cacau was leaving mm -hmm. and Kaká was coming in 2018, yes. And uh, Igita spoke with me again. We've, we are friends. And so we've been talking for a long time. And he invited me again. I already had a, uh, a small experience as a strength and conditioning coach, not only goalkeeper coach. And they invited me to, to do both uh, jobs mm -hmm. in the club. 
the, he he decided me to invite me and I changed the course of my career one more time and I left US and returned to to Kazakhstan and that's what I am now. Again. Are you still the the goalkeeper coach and the strength strength and conditioning coach? Yes, I had two two jobs over here since 2018 and mm -hmm. it's really huge, you know, deal with all the Oh yeah. All the things, you know, with the, the professional players, especially in this high level. It was, of course, uh, one of the most important uh, jobs in my career because I had a chance to be strength and conditioning coach before, but not only not in this level, you know. So mm -hmm. it's something that you learn all the time and you have to deal and face with problems all the time. It's really tough. But you're responsible for making Douglas Jr. day strong, are you? Yes, yes, yes. The guys are beasts, me, isn't you know, but Yes, not only me, but, you know, uh, when I arrived here, he was in recent injured and had a surgery recent. So it was really hard, not only for me, for all the coaching staff. Our physiotherapist, Thiago, also had a, a huge responsibility on his recovery, you know, yeah. to return to the best his best moments how, how many minutes does he usually play a match i would say uh, over 30 minutes isn't it yes yes it depends on the national team he plays much more like 32 35 30 yeah. but in the club he play a little bit less but he used it to play a lot of time like 25 26 he's always the player who play most of the time in our team i used to do the statistics and yeah he used to play 26 27 Last game we were against two men, he played 32. I would say we, we covered the World Cup. Uh, we had a other podcasts during the World Cup. He, I think he was the player with the most minutes in the World Cup. Yes. Um, yes, he was. And surprisingly, uh, Ricardinho was one of the with a lot of minutes as well. I was surprised with that. But uh, yeah, it's incredible that Douglas Jr., he plays a lot and he he's always very fit. There was a, a UEFA that you guys lost in the grand final, I think, to Sporting. Is that correct? Yes. He had an amazing. Yes. Yeah, he had an amazing UEFA after the grand final. Sent him a message. Say, man, don't worry. You had an amazing tournament. Heads up, you you come back stronger. Yes, he he had an injury in the beginning of the game. You know, because he was returning. He returned from the from the surgery in January. So we had like four months to get it to put him in shape after yeah. uh, a surgery on the knee. So it was really hard for us. And of every time, uh, most of the, the players who had that surgery, uh, they have like uh, afterwards some kind of muscles injuries due to the to the conditioning, you know, yeah. that you have to do right after. It's really tough. And he got this injury, his huge injury in his muscles on the leg in the beginning of the game, I guess. And he kept kept playing all the game with that big injury. It's like uh, uh, after the game, we did uh, the MRI and we saw the injury was really big on the muscles. And it's incredible how he could play all the game and score yeah. in the end of the game. It's really unbelievable. That That's why we used to say that he's the Iron Man, you know. He's <laughs> the Iron Man. He does some things that no, no other players can do, you know. Yeah, he's definitely... Uh one of the strongest players in the world. Probably, uh, he's my favorite defender in the world. I think there's a, there's a few. Uh, I'll mention him, Rodrigo from Brazil, but there's also Lozano, you know. There's a few yes. amazing defenders. 
he's up there. I think he's one of the Romulo from Russia, also not the Brazilian. Uh, but there's only a few Brazilian players that can defend against Ferro. Against yes. uh, yeah. people. Um, did you did you watch him play against Ferro? You you played against Ferro a few times, haven't you? Yes, yes, we played against Ferro a few times. Yes. Can you tell that Ferro is the best player in the world currently? Yes, I, I think he's the best player currently, especially uh, considering that he, he scores a lot of time. You know, it's hard when you give him a chance to, to shoot the ball. He, the chance of scoring is really big. That's why you need to, to have a strong defensive system. Not only the defender, the main defender, the fixo. It's yeah. Not only the fixo, it's the wings. You have to, to connect because, you know, the teams that Ferran play, Brazilian national team, Barcelona, they have some set plays for him. It's not only give him the ball and decide. They yeah. used to put him in the, in, the, in the best spots to do his job, you know, to do the, the, his movements. So it's, it's really hard to defend against him. I guess he's the best player. I think uh, Pani Varela from Portugal is really playing. He deserves uh, a better... Uh, recognize uh, to be recognized as a very good player currently. Tainan, I love Tainan playing. Yes, uh, some of the players that I really love these days, you know, in the, in the current time. That's my opinion. I agree with you. I think Pani was so important for Portugal in the World Cup. Um, I think he finished with eight goals, Ferran with nine. But uh, yes. we are, so we are expecting, uh, we are really expecting that we are there in. in in, in the live action, yeah. and we are really expecting to Igita to be part of the three best players because Igita did like the his best championship ever. You know, he won two uh, UEFA championships and five times best goalkeeper, and he had a chance to be in his best to to be in his best uh, level. Now with like thirty five years old and doing the best championship of his career and we are really expecting him to 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 win an individual prize uh, award it was a shame in my opinion it was a pity in my opinion that he didn't had a, a trophy for himself because he really deserved it not not uh i don't think uh uh the argentinian goalkeeper uh didn't nico. Deserve, yeah. nico he really deserved that but i think in my opinion he Igita deserved more. That's my humble opinion. You know, yes. not only because I'm his coach, you know, because he represents the the what we used to say the modern goalkeeper. You know, mm -hmm. he saved a lot of balls, like Nico, like everybody, like uh, Bebe, like all the best goalkeepers in the, the World Cup, like Gita, and he played very well with the ball. He did what he used to do uh, on daily basis. You know, every as everybody knows. So that's why. I really think he des deserved that. And not only him, but Pani Varela deserved to be the best player of the World Cup. Uh, I really respect Ricardinho. He's a legend. I love to see him playing. Uh, but I think that's my opinion. And I guess mm -hmm. this is the opinion of many other uh, futsal, uh, futsal people that uh, Pani Varela really deserved that better, the number one, you know, in that World Cup. Yeah, look, um, I, agree, I agree with everything you said. Um, Whoever whoever lost between Nico and uh, and Leo would be upset because they yes, both yes. deserve it to be the best goalkeeper sure. in the tournament. Yes. I, I think really they were both they were both did. perfect really in my opinion. Nothing yes. to say, but um, you guys just missed out the grand final. You just lost uh, on penalties to Portugal. 
Um, I know it's hard to say, but uh, is there anything that you guys could have done better? Or is it just details of the game? Yeah, as I think it's the details of the game. It's the beauty of the game, you know, because if we win, Portugal would be here talking about the, the tales of the game that they missed the game, but he, they really deserve it. Like we deserve it as well. You know, we, ha we don't have uh, 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 a good hand of uh, experienced players for this kind of tournament. You know, we really played very well, but uh, we don't have like three, two teams of really good players that yeah. we can be replacing all the time. And, you know, we finished, we finalized the, the World Cup with the players really tired, you know, because they played a lot of time. So it was really hard for us uh, right after the World Cup. When we played against Brazil, we are really yeah, tired. You guys, you know, yeah, you, we could like tell. A, like 16 awesome players that they can just pick up and put the tactical plan and they would do it. But for us, it was really hard, especially we are... We missed a lot of Leo Jaraguá because yeah. he couldn't play in the World Cup. And uh, if we had Leo, for sure, we would be would have a, a better luck on the tournament. Well, was know? Leo injured for the World Cup? Yes, he got a surgery I on the, the knee. Yes, in May, I guess. And He's in recovery now. I think he will play the, the Euro now in January. Mm -hmm. So you guys had uh, the Brazilians, you had only Leo in Tainan or anyone Leo else? Leo Tainan and, and, and Douglas. And Douglas, sorry, correction. Let's yeah. talk about Douglas before. Uh, how is the relationship between the Brazilian players and the, and the local players for, for the club and for the national team? Are the local players learning from the Brazilians? Yes, for sure. I think it's a good relationship, you know, uh, in the, in the, not in the beginning, but uh, a long time, they, I guess they have ups and downs, but always with very res good respect between them, you know, uh, they always respected us, respected uh, in between them. And uh, I think they, they understand the value, the importance of them. The Brazilians understand that in the national team, I'm, I'm speaking, that we need the, 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 the local players to, to play well. You know, they have to make the local players playing well. Yeah. Because if they don't play, they can't decide by themselves. You know, Tainan can't play by, by himself. Uh, Douglas can play only by himself. Just uh, tackling the ball and scoring. That's not the way things happen. You know, yeah. in order to get to do his best as a flying goalkeeper, he needs the four players doing the movements correctly. So uh, I think... Uh, it's a connection between them that makes the, the success of the national team. And also, we are now with a change of the generation in the, in the sports and the futsal sports here. And the new players like Perijano Razov, Tursagulov uh, have a different relationship with them. Yeah. And it's even better than before, you know. So it's something that they really respect and learn a lot between them. It takes time to become a family. Huh? You can't just yes. become a family after one year, two years. I saw, I saw the other day a really nice video of uh, Coach Kaká. I think it was Douglas. I think they were doing a traditional, a traditional thing on the, on the court with one of the, yes. of the local players, Baby. Yes. It was really nice to yes. see. Yes, yes. That, this is something uh, really interesting because it was the first time uh, a local player uh, 
got an invitation for the main coach and two players to be the uh, it's like a baptism in the yeah. Muslim uh, culture here in Kazakhstan. It's in Kazakh culture. And it's a baptism of the child. And he invited Kaka, Douglas, and Igita. Birjan invited them to, to participate in, the, in this ritual. And it was really, really interesting. And I, uh, they, they, they were really honored with that invitation. And it was it, for me also, and for everybody who was there, was really, really interesting and really, it's something to be grateful, you know, yeah. to be part of that. And if it's something that uh, represents what I'm talking about, the connection of the of the players, you know, yeah. it's, it's the big, it's the big, the the big thing about this representation, I think. Yeah, it says a lot, and it was very beautiful to watch. Uh, Luizinho, we, we're coming to cl closer to an end, but there's something very important, not very important, something very. I want to talk to you about uh, your relationship with Leo Igita, uh, with Igita. Okay, so you say that you coach him in Rio, then uh, you, you're coaching him in Kazakhstan for so many years. The last six years, he won five best uh, goalkeeper in the world. How is your relationship with him as a coach and also as a friend? Yeah, of course, we are friends. A uh, long time that I had a chance to, I was really lucky and I'm really grateful to be part of his career in three different parts of his career in the beginning of the professional level and then in the middle in 2014 for a season and then now so i'm really grateful and honored to be part of this path and i think he also uh think this way about me you know we always had a very good relationship in uh, inside and outside the pitch Mm -hmm. And of course, not to not uh, mixing things. Uh, he knows that I respect the, the professional level uh, too much. And when I have to say something, I use I used to say something that maybe don't make him happy, you know, because well, it's part of my job. Well, or really would be something they would tell him that wouldn't make him happy. Yes. And I think we never had any kind of uh, awkward situation between us I guess we always had a chance to work together and and here in Kairat we used to have also another Brazilian goalkeeper this is the first season without a second Brazilian goalkeeper and we have to consider that and and then give respect for all of them you know I can uh, show everybody how, uh, my friendship and I can uh, confuse things about friendship inside because I have another goalkeeper, yeah. you know, so I have to respect them. So with uh, Marcão Affini in 2014 and also with Dudu, I always gave him my, my best as a goalkeeper coach in order to, to, to make them better as well, not only Leo, you know, and also them doing their best. Uh, Leo is the kind of goalkeeper that thinks this way. He needs another goalkeeper to push him, to push him, yeah. you know, if he sees Dudu saving all the balls in the training session on the other side of the pitch, he decided, I have to do the same here. I have to, it's, uh, it's all about respect, you know. They respect between, the respect between them comes from the, the, the challenge between them, you know, for the first, for the number one, as I used to say. Yeah, goalkeepers have to be challenged, you're right. Um, in, in the last UEFA, the grand final, uh, Igita got, got suspended for the grand final. And the, in yes. the grand final... The young boy played the... What's his name? I don't know his name. Narun. 
Naru. And he had a good game in the grand final. Yes. You know, this the uh, this guy, it's really interesting, his history, because he is a... Uh, uh, one of the first players of our grassroots categories that had a chance to play in the, in the main team. Most of the players, uh, even the, the Kazakh players, came from another cities, not mm -hmm. from our academy. So he's a and local, local, local player. Yeah, he, th this guy grew up seeing Igita playing and he used to do, uh, it's incredible, he used to do all the movements like Igita, you know, and mm -hmm. he do very good movements, not only uh, copying uh, with knowledge. He do the things like Gita, the way he plays, the way he position his body inside the pitch. And everybody could saw him playing in that level. Uh, we we had this COVID situation with Dudu by the last minute and we have this situation and he really played very well. We've been working with him. He was playing the national championship here and we uh, we had very good expectations with him and for his career and mm -hmm. due to that performance he had a chance to go to the world cup he was never called up before <laughs> after that that UEFA Kaka called him to be the third goalkeeper and he played he he be, he was part of the national team in the world cup that's very good and to now hear. He's the second goalkeeper and due to his performance the club decided not to to renew the contract with the, the Brazilian and Dudu had a chance now in at a pack from Czech Republic, and now he he is the second goalkeeper. You know he is gonna play today. <laughs> so about, he's gonna because yeah. is Igita not playing the game today for you guys? Yes, Igita is not playing. He got you an injury. You you guys have two games this this two day. How does it work there? You have how many games today? Yes, it's like the the Russian Championship here. Uh -huh. We used to play twice against the same team and uh, every every week. So every every round we play twice against the same team. So we're gonna play twice today and tomorrow against Baitadek. And then on the next round, we're gonna play against Sec2B twice again and then go uh home and guess. So we're gonna play a lot of games. Ah, uh, so you play two games on the weekend like like Russia. That makes sense. Um yes. talking about Igit again, what makes him the best goalkeeper in the world? What's something unique that he has? His, I think he, his talent, of course, and his decision-making process, you know, the, the things, the way the things work in his mindset. And always, he, he's always receptive to the, to the, the, the training, you know. And uh, Kakai used to, to, to give him a lot of different sessions with playing as a player, playing uh, different type of training sessions for flying goalkeeper, and it, it always, it, it's something that always uh, bring his best for the sessions. He used to do the crazy things, the, the talent things all the time in the, in the sessions, not only on the game, mm -hmm. but he's, some, he's a type of guy that don't look back for the mistakes. He keep always looking forward, you know? That's why sometimes he commits some kind of same mistakes on the game, miss the ball and concede a goal, but by the end of the day, the he had a, a a plus number because he gave us more than than we miss. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he's a he's a very he's a he's a character to watch. He's a we need more players like him so Futsu can grow around the world. That's for sure yeah. because everyone loves watching him. But just the other day, a long ball came. He controlled with his chest, 
the ball went back and nearly yes. went inside of the goal. How was your height yes. at the moment? Uh, I was not paying attention because I used to do like the statistics. I was not looking to the pitch because, you know, nobody knows, but the, the, the referee stopped the, the, the situation because there is a two-man player injured. So uh, that's why he did that. Uh, that's know? why he did it. Okay. Nobody heard that. I, so I he's a step him, ahead of everyone. Yes, I told him, don't let anybody know that in the social media because everybody was thinking that you were crazy, but you know what's going on in the game. <laughs> but uh, uh, beside that, uh, nobody saw that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on social media uh, in the future. Uh, he saved a ball with his head. He, he left the, 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 the gate on a 1v1 situation and the two-man guy trying to cover him and his save. He had nobody saw that. It's incredible yeah. because it's a really interesting save. So he did a lot of good things in this in this elite round, and he faced one of the the guys I considered uh, the guy. It's closer to Igita performance, Leo Gugiel. I think Brazil now has his own Leo Igita. You know, uh, yeah. in the future we we're gonna say Leo Gugiel, but now he can say Leo Igita. But uh, he really had this kind of confidence to do some things like used Igita used to do. You know, the the high balls. The, the shooting, the, the quality passings. But it's uh, a really, really good to work with him. Uh, not when he misses the ball, of course, <laughs> but most of the time he gives us uh, his best and I'm really grateful for that. Uh, I think it'll be a good experience for him and for you too, for you and for him to work with you. Uh, Luizinho, he's now 35 years old. How old can a goalkeeper be the oldest uh, to play at a high level? It depends on the on the the way th the, the 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 player uh, come goes with his career. You know the way he deals with his career. Uh, Leo, for example, uh, a couple of years ago, he decided to to change his uh, to his diet. You know, he decided to become a, a vegan, part vegan. Ah, really? And, He's not vegan now. Yes, uh, and the the change on in his body was immediate. He, he had a he had immediately a change in his body, the, the composition of his body, uh, the the fat percent in his body was really low now, and he not used it to be high, of course, but he's really in the level of the the lowest players of the team, and in the, in this in in this thing. And this is something that uh, gives him a fast recover from games, uh, fast recover from injuries. So he's now really confident to keep pushing himself more and more, you know, with 35 years old. I, I, I showed him a, a Netflix documentary. I forgot the name. I just know the, the, the name in, in Portuguese, Dieta de Gladiadores. Uh, there's another whole different name in English. Maybe uh, I'll just translate the gladiator diet. Oh, no, it's, but not, it's not, not that it's not name. It's, it's another one. It's really interesting. The, the guy showing uh, how this type of diet can change. I have watched I can't remember the name as well. Player. It's really, really, really interesting. And he, I, I, he, he used to be a, a, a meat lover. You know, something like this. He really loves a beef a barbecue or something, something like that. I never thought that he could uh, do this kind of thing in his career. And I'm really happy to also 
uh, be part of that because I, I just showed him like uh, something that he want to see, could want to see. And he saw that and decided to do that. You know, I think mm -hmm. uh, if the, the injuries that come with time don't bother him a lot, he can keep pushing himself until the next, next World Cup, I guess. So he's we've definitely going to be playing the next that, World Cup. Yes, we've been discussing that eventually, you know, and of course it's something that for him and Douglas, he started to think about that, what they're going to do, going to do the next years. But he don't think about stopping now and the next years, I guess. He no, will continue. Clear. It depends on each one of the players. If the player decided to have a healthy uh, career, you know, it's something really hard not to drink Coca-Cola, not to drink yeah. too much beer, not to drink, uh, not to eat too much fast, fast food. You know, it's something that you really have to agree and have to do. Because if you want to play more time, you have to start earlier to take care of his career, of your career uh, in all the ways, you know, and the diet and the, the, your behavior on daily basis, you know. Yeah, yeah hopefully. A, a good example, of course, is Bajé. Bajé. It's incredible how Bajé. Is Bajé still my... playing or no? Yeah, he's still he's playing. He's still playing. He, I guess, I don't know. I guess he has already 50 years old and he's yeah. still playing. It's unbelievable because he used to do good saves. He, yeah. He kept doing good, he kept doing, doing good saves and going, do, do, doing good performances in his club. But Jeff, for who doesn't know, he's uh, this iconic goalkeeper in Brazil. When I left to come to Australia 11 years ago, he was over 40 already. I think he was like 45. That was 11 yeah. years ago. I remember he was playing for ABB, AABB. Yes, I guess he used to play. He plays for ABB, I guess. He's still, Correctly. yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so I don't know. He, I don't know. I really he'll don't be know. in his 50s now and still play. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And to he used, I, I, I used to have him as my, my, like my idol when I was a kid because he <laughs> had my name, Luis Enrique. So, I really like the way he plays because he, when I was a kid, I had this thing in common he has my name so yeah uh, i want to be a goalkeeper like him you know but of course uh, i have other idols like la lavoisier and lavoisier. Sergino, all those guys that uh i had a chance to see and uh, closer now very good uh yeah so we hope many many more years for leo Iguita for douglas jr because uh these iconic players we get sad just to think that one day they're going to retire Ricardinho now he he's retired from the national team and he's soon gonna retire from club and we don't want these players to ever stop we, we need more uh, idols like these guys yes. uh Luizinho what's the future like for you what's uh, what's left in your career to achieve well um for me now the biggest the biggest dream now is to validate the the, the UEFA champions trophy I want to win it this trophy again yeah. I think it's the, the main thing for me, especially because I'm working here in Europe. So it's the main thing. Uh, as a, sorry, as a club I, or as a, as a country? As a club, as a club. Of course, as a country, I had a chance. We're going to play now the yeah. UEFA Euro in January. Uh, mm. In the in Netherlands. Yeah. Something that I would, it's an it's, uh, achievement for, it. for me, it would be uh, keep playing this high level uh, with national teams, World Cup, it was a really a uh, very uh, good experience to play the World Cup, the atmosphere, the environment, 
or everything related to the World Cup being inside the the, the pitch, inside the, the tournament, it's something that uh, made me really happy. And maybe if I had a chance, I want to repeat that. I understood completely when Rodrigo gave that uh, last interview talking about returning to the World Cup as a player yeah. because, you know, uh, it's something that uh, amazes the, the, the futsal lovers to be part of that. I used to say about that time that's our Disneyland to be inside Lithuania and playing that tournament. It's our, like, our Disneyland to be part of that for a month. So I would like it uh, to say to you that's my main goal. I have just this year in uh, my contract with Kairat and I don't know what's going to happen on the next season, but I would like to keep working in Europe. Uh, it's something that's uh, a goal for me and my family to keep to stay here and to stay close to my family. And so this is something that uh, some of the achievements, repeat some of them and had a chance for, for new opportunities in the future, in the near future. Now that's very good to hear, uh, Luizinha. So I would like to thank you for this amazing interview. I've learned so much from you. It's been great to listen to you. It's been an absolute pleasure have someone like you for a number one Futsal and Proud podcast. Well, uh, how can I say? I'm really honored, as I told you in the, in the beginning. And I would like to thank you a lot to give me this opportunity to talk about Futsal, something that I love and I do for a living for a long time. So every time I speak about futsal, it's something that amazes me and I'm really honored. And well, uh, every time you need everyone who needs me, I'm available. If I can, if I had a chance to help or do something, I will do for sure. Thank you one more time for the opportunity to talk we can about see, We can see the passion in your eyes and that's very beautiful to see. Uh, Luizinha, thank you again. Congratulations on your amazing career. We wish you all the best for the future. Everyone for listening, thank you so much for listening to your Futsal and Proud podcast number one. Our next one is going to be in one month. Until then, you can listen to my weekly podcast, Cairo Futsal Podcast, uh, that comes out weekly. Thank you again, and I'll see you guys next time. Boa, perfeito. Bom demais. O inglês ficou meio enrolado, mas... Você fala muito bem, cara. Ah, mas eu...